Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today's interview is with Joy. And our conversation with Joy flows so organically and effortlessly that we flow into a second episode. (laughs) So yes, this becomes a two-parter. Joy describes the birth of her son Dakota as born peacefully at home, surrounded by love. And that's just awesome to us. Joy talks about how she's a great candidate for a home birth and why and all the things that went into that in her decision-making process. And then we really explore what it looks like to move through the discomforts that can arise in pregnancy and in birth. You know, sometimes those things are inevitable. So how are you going to show up to those challenges? It's a really awesome episode. And then it continues on in part two. So stay tuned for that and enjoy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hi, Joy. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We are fantastic. (laughs) We're excited to talk to you and just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the Doing It at Home podcast. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. I love your podcast. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, Joy, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and who's hanging out with you right now? I understand you have a little, we have a little guest and um, just what you're up to, where you're from, all that great stuff. Yeah, so um, I am from Madison, Wisconsin, um, and me and my husband are are actually born and raised in Madison, Um, and we just had our first child, little Dakota, on March 16th, Um, and so we're newly into parenthood, um, and we also have a small little miniature dachshund who's nine, um, who is there at the home birth with us. That's cool. um, adjusting well but is not the baby anymore right (laughs) Um, yeah that's real i get it yeah yeah (laughs) he's kind of he he kind of blows me attitude now (laughs) (laughs) wow so dakota was born into the comfort and peace of your home and Mm -hmm. um what inspired you to make that decision to have that type of experience for yourself yeah, so um, interesting enough, my mom had a home birth with my brother. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, the um, 
with me, we're eight years apart. And so with me, she hired a midwife and had me in the hospital. The The home birth scene, I guess, kind of changed um, within that time frame. So she still had a midwife, but um, had me in the hospital. Mm. Um, and my aunt, my aunt had um, all of her kids at home. Um, and I, I guess... I kind of thought that they were crazy, to be honest. I'm like, really? I don't know that I would ever do that. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm like, that's funny. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when we started we started thinking about having a baby, I was like, well, maybe I would have a home birth. Um, and I mentioned it to my mom, and she's like, well, I don't think you should do that. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I just don't know about the birth community. And, I, you know, I just I wouldn't know who you, should, who you would hire. Um, and so she was kind of freaked out by it, which I was kind of taken back. Um, so I, I kind of, I, I thought about maybe doing a home birth, but we didn't really know. And then when I got pregnant, um, I, one of my coworkers, who's a nurse at the school that I work at, she also um, has her um, midwifery license. Mm. Um, and I got to talking with her and she said, um, I remember her saying to me, oh, you know, you'd be a perfect candidate for a home birth. And I, I remember thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and now I kind of get it because I'm healthy and I have like, you know, a good mindset about it. Um, but I, that kind of inspired me like, oh, maybe, maybe I should deliver at home. Um, and looking into it, it's actually um, cheaper. Mm. <laughs> um, our insurance, I mean, it would have been a lot of money and our midwife um, kind of went on a sliding fee scale. My husband's working on his master's degree right now. Um, and so it was actually, it was cheaper. Wow. Um, and so that was kind of um, interesting to think about. Um, and then the other, the other factor was that, that kind of made us decide, um, my dad studied homeopathy and I, um, never grew up going to the doctor mm. and hospitals kind of, um, I don't, I don't know, they kind of freak me out. They make me a little bit anxious. Mm-hmm. And, um, I actually work part-time at one of the hospitals here in Madison. Um, and I, I just, I didn't picture myself ever really being able to relax in a hospital setting. And I, I really understand birth and I understand that you need to be in a safe place. And I, we love our home. And I was like, why not have the baby here? Mm. Um, so it was a bunch of, a bunch of things that went into it. Um, I got a referral from my coworker for a couple di- different midwives in Madison, and I got a referral for an OB. Um, so I went actually initially to go interview a couple OBs. Um, and I just, I felt like I was just kind of a number. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, this, I was newly pregnant and I was like anxious about everything and I had a ton of questions and it just, I just felt rushed and I felt like, I don't know, she just didn't spend the time that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she couldn't, to be honest. I think she probably wanted to, but it, she had so many people she had to see that she only, I think the appointment was like 15 minutes. Um, so we ended up interviewing two different midwives in Madison both of them, I mean, we just like fell in love with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we actually, it was a hard decision in terms of who, who we wanted to pick. Um, but we ended up picking um, Tamina and um, she, I mean, she, she's <laughs> hands down, like probably the most amazing woman I've ever met um, and has changed me as a person has probably impacted our marriage mm-hmm. in ways that I had never even imagined. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was kind of a journey leading us up to um, making that decision. Yeah, it it sounds like there were so many pieces that came together to create the space for you to make that decision, um, and supported you in making that decision. 
Yeah. Yes. And one thing yeah. I think that's really cool that you mentioned and funny and I think catches a lot of people off guard and they wouldn't expect is that home birth in a lot of cases, it was for us too, is cheaper. Yeah. And yeah. I think I was watching yeah. a documentary <laughs> recently about, you know, midwifery and, and home birth and you don't expect it, but in particular in the States for your birthing option, cheaper actually is the better option. You know, you would think you need to pay more to have um, some kind of experience, but it's the, the care in, in my experience. And from what you're describing, you know, the difference in the appointments you went to is a lot more um, intimate mm-hmm. and uh, time one-on-one all of yeah. that and and yet it's so much and drastically cheaper not just a little bit drastically, like drastically. Oh, yeah. oh oh for sure i mean my friend who just had a baby she said i think her bill was like fifteen thousand dollars mm. um from the hospital and i mean overall ours i think was like about two grand yeah um so, and, and what you don't think about too is the postpartum care. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't have to pack him up and take him to the clinic afterwards. Right. I mean, I could be in my living room <laughs> in my, you know, robe and our midwife came to us after, which I didn't really realize that how important that was. I mean, yeah. I just, I couldn't imagine packing him up and, and taking him in a car seat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and throughout, throughout your process, throughout your planning, how was your husband, Yamil through it? He, he was fantastic. Um, oh, I mean, great. I feel fortunate and blessed that like, I have an amazing partner. Um, he is, he's, he, he was amazing. He, I mean, he's, he considers himself a huge feminist nice. <laughs> and he was just like, you know what? I believe that, um, your body was born to do this and I trust the process. And even throughout my pregnancy, I had moments where I was like, are we crazy? Do you think, do you think I can do this? And he just kept saying to me, like, I trust your body. Like you got this. Like he didn't doubt it for a second. And he, um, actually had a lot of fun talking with like his coworkers and his friends and um, family members about the, like our like planning of the home birth mm-hmm. and um, yeah he was totally on on board with it and I I do think that that piece is really really important because if you don't have a partner that is 100% on board I could see the experience not being a positive one um, and especially for the postpartum stuff I mean he he really cared for me postpartum wise. Um, so I think, I think having a partner on, on board and being on the same page, um, is key to having home birth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty consistent with what we hear. I've heard in these, um, these conversations with, with moms and families and it's what we, you know, what, what we experience, just that support, just knowing that you have a person or multiple people or a community around you, supporting you, loving you, being there when you're feeling mm-hmm. up and when you're feeling down, like all that stuff is just so important. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have any, and I, Oh, go ahead. The, the other thing that, um, you know, is interesting too is, you know, my labor was long. Mm. Um, well, I guess typical for first time moms, but um, having a partner too, that really understands the birth process. Um, because not at any point did he ever get frustrated with how long it was taking. Mm-hmm. And I think if you had a partner that was just like, oh, my gosh, come on, or we need an intervention here, or what's going on, um, you know, I, I think that could have influenced it negatively, too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do want to say one thing about the, the support as well, because, you know, as we started this show, 
we, Sarah and I have become much more involved with different online communities. And it really opened Mm. my eyes to the amount, the tremendous amount of support and love that you can get online and from people on Facebook or different blogs, different forums, you know, social media. Well, it's actually Mm -hmm. funny because we were talking about about that earlier social media before we hit record with you, Joy. But it, it, it does allow you to connect with people. And so for you know, for you listening out there, if if you may not have the 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 spouse or the partner who's a hundred percent on board, or or you know maybe you're you're doing this home birth thing solo, you can still find support. Mm-hmm. You can still find mm-hmm. support and and information and a community. Doesn't necessarily have to be in your town right next to you. It can be online. That's one of the cool things that I personally have seen as I've been engaging more and just you know more more in the. Uh, the conversation around home birth and natural mm. birth and all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, I mean, everyone lives in a different area, but I was surprised. I mean, our home birth community, I almost felt like it was like this underground community. And I was like being exposed to like <laughs> this group of people yeah. that exist. And I was just like, wow, like the birth community here in Madison. I mean, I think we're, we're really lucky to have, but I, I knew nothing about it going in. Um, and so I think that even if you can connect with one or two people in your community, I mean, people might be surprised, um, on how big the (laughs) the birth community is. That's true. Yeah. I mean, with us, Mm -hmm. like the chiropractors that we go to, we had no idea how, how much support and how connected we became with them and how, you know, on board and in with home birth and natural parenting and all that great stuff. And, you know, they're, they're within our community. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, you know, all it takes is meeting one or two people. Hey everyone, it's summertime and momming ain't always easy, especially when you're running on little sleep. But our friends at Reverie are dedicated to providing moms and pregnant women like you with top-notch sleep with their power bed. Now, Reverie sent us our very own power bed to try out, and this thing is awesome. You can go to our Facebook page and check out some of the videos of how we assembled it and just hanging out in it with baby Maya. I wish we had this thing sooner, like when I was pregnant, because it allows you to customize your sleep position for back support, swollen feet, and any other general discomfort. It's great in postpartum life, too, for healing and recovery, as well as nursing. Now, the Power Bed has won the Women's Choice Award for six years straight, and 98% of women who purchase would recommend it to a friend or family member. And it's way more affordable than you would think. So go to momsneedsleep.com home to learn more. Once again, that's momsneedsleep.com H-O-M-E to learn more. I'm curious if you had any or what they were challenges or fears or anything limiting that you you moved through and kind of powered through throughout your pregnancy and your planning because it sounds like so much was set up for you to for you to succeed which you which you have and and did Mm -hmm. I'm just curious if there were Mm -hmm. any things that popped up along the way that you were like oh um no gotta get rid of this (laughs) yeah well (laughs) um so I did have some things pop up, literally pop up, hemorrhoids. Mm. <laughs> um, and I also have had in the past, I had an, this is probably a lot of information, but I had an anal abscess mm. um, that I was able to cure through homeopathy. I would say it was like two years ago. Um, and during pregnancy, I thought it was starting to flare up. 
Um, and I had a moment where I was like, if I were to go into labor right now, there's no way I could push this baby out because mm-hmm. I had so much pressure. Oh, wow. um, and so I got really fearful about um, kind of what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked with my midwife about it. And, you know, she was just like, you know, we got this. Like, you know, you're going to be okay. And it was early enough in my pregnancy. Um, well, you know, I should say it was it wasn't my third trimester, but not not um, close to him being born. Um and I took a lot of baths um, and I rested and I drank a lot of water. Um, and I kind of realized that through talking with people that like a lot of women that do go into labor, yeah, they, they end up, they have hemorrhoids and they have hemorrhoids before they go in and they have hemorrhoids when they, when they um, are done. And so I, I was fearful that that would get in the way of my mindset. You know, like I, I'm scared to push this baby out. And, and once we get into my birth story, I'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um because that was that was a fear of mine, um, but other than that, I mean, I think like most home birth people, I mean, you have you have the thoughts about transferring to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, but I really just kind of like was like, you know what, if I have to go, I have to go, and I'm totally gonna trust my midwife. I mean, I through developing that relationship with her, I totally trusted her judgment, and I I feel like the hospital is not a bad thing. I mean, if you're in a medical emergency, I feel. I felt blessed that we lived close enough that if I needed to go, that I, I could, I could absolutely transfer. Um, but I think I needed to work through that piece of it too. Mm. Um, so yeah. That's great. That's, and the, the hemorrhoids thing, I'm there with you. I experienced it as well and it was no picnic. And I think it's just, it's so interesting how through the whole process of pregnancy and birth and after your body is doing things that you've never seen it do before, or, or it's creating things you've never seen before. And you can just get really caught up in questioning every single thing that pops up. Like my skin feels like this in a certain part today. What does that mean? Or like my stomach feels like this. What does that mean? Like you can just go through that all day long. Right. (laughs) Right. So that's yeah. And you know, I actually, Joy, you reminded me, Sarah, with your with your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was concerned. I, I had some fears about your hernia scar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sarah has a. She had a hernia operation, and the scar is like right near like the pubic bone on yeah, the left it's side. Very low, and it's yeah. a lot of scar tissue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I remember before we got pregnant, I was like, wow, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. Is that as as your stomach expands, is that going to pull on that area and then pushing? Um, and so that was kind mm-hmm. of in my mind throughout part of the pregnancy. But eventually, just like you know, you said, Joy, you just sort of say, "My body is, my body can do it. Mm-hmm. My, my, my body's mm-hmm. going to take care of it." And all those little things that kind of pop up and you have questions about. I mean, your body kind of just does mm-hmm. its thing, mm-hmm. and most of the time it works out. Yeah, and funnily yeah. enough about that fear of the the hernia that was implanted by a doctor after oh, i had my surgeries yeah. they said you you might have complications further you know further down the line oh. especially when you become pregnant and i thought wow that's some stuff ain't it till i already put in my mind that i may not be able to have babies the way that i want to so that's mm-hmm. that's a whole other conversation but <laughs> yeah. anyway back to back to joy and dakota i want to hear about that i want to jump into birth story and how how you knew it was starting, how you were experiencing yeah. it. Um, you have some really cool elements to your birth story that we chatted about a few minutes before we hit record that I think a lot of women can really um, 
pull inspiration from because everyone has different personalities and especially when it comes to birth everyone's birth is so different and I think you mm-hmm. really show that you can you can just do birth your way that's what I really mm-hmm. experienced from the way you talk about it so so yeah thank you thank you mm-hmm. yeah so we um we had our um midwife a midwife appointment on I believe it was that Monday um and I was approaching 40 weeks my due date was on Friday um and it was like a conversation about like well what if I go over my due date um and you know you don't really start thinking about that until you start until you get to your due date and I'm like oh my gosh um because a lot of first-time moms you know go late um so we were asking my midwife you know what can we do like naturally um to get things started and she gave us a list and of course one of them was having sex so we went home (laughs) and we had sex and um the next day um which would have been it should it would I think it would have been Tuesday night because Wednesday morning I woke up with um just a little bit of spotting mm-hmm. and I kind of knew I was like mm, I was like I think this maybe kicked it off <laughs> um and I felt just a little bit weird um and I had diarrhea mm-hmm. which I know that and I was like I did not eat anything um the night before mm-hmm. that would make me have diarrhea like this um so I think it was my body's way of just like getting ready for, Clearing, for labor yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah, cleaning everything out and and getting ready for that experience. So um, I went to work that day, which I will recommend to listeners, just call in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because you're getting ready to do a marathon and you don't need to be superwoman. Um, But I felt this level of responsibility. The person that was filling in for my maternity leave, I needed to finish training. Um, I went to work that day, and that is not – what I wanted to do. When I planned a home birth, I was like, I want to be in game mode. I want to be rested. I don't want to be exhausted going into this. I know a lot of women transfer just, just because they're exhausted. Um, and I hadn't slept real well my third trimester. So I, I, that's one regret I do have. Um, and if we do this next time, I will be taking, you know, a week or two off Mm. (laughs) closer to my due date. Um, so anyway, so I went to work that day and um, just kind of felt crampy. Um, and by the time my husband picked me up from work, I was like, I, I think that this is going to happen tonight. I just had a feeling. Um, and I, I, I did give a heads up to my midwife and let, I let her know. Um, so that night we went um, and visited his mom because we figured it was last time that she'd probably see me being pregnant. And then we went and saw my mom and we ended up going to dinner. Um, and I actually got really nervous. Like I, I knew that this was happening and it was like, whoa, this, this is real. <laughs> um, and I really couldn't eat much during dinner and I was really serious. Um, and was, was, I, I started to get a little bit scared almost. I was mm-hmm. like, what, what is this, you know, going to be like? Um, so I ended up going home and taking a bath and relaxing and, um, I was able to fall asleep. I think we went to bed around like 11 or 12. And I woke up at three o'clock in the morning um, to pretty, I don't want to say strong contractions, but I knew that they were contractions. Like I couldn't lay in bed any longer. Like I needed to get up and I kept going to the bathroom and laying back down. And it got to the point where I just, I couldn't, um, I couldn't lay down at all. Um, So from all the birth classes that we took, I, I knew that first time moms often um, take 24 hours (laughs) with, um, their first birth. And so I didn't want to wake up my husband because I knew that I wanted him rested and I knew that I wanted him um, 
to be good after the baby came. <laughs> um, and I'm like, there's no reason for me to wake him up. And so um, I let him sleep and it, it actually, it surprised me. Like I thought that the second I knew I was going into labor, I'd be waking him up and I'd meet him right there by my mm. side and I'd be calling my midwife. Um, but I just kind of went into like game mode and was just, um, just felt really comfortable being alone. I made um, a birth affirmation wall and went in there and was reading um, all of my affirmations um, and was just kind of pacing the house. Um, my dad died recently in October and um, I had a couple of his rocks um, and I carried them around and just kind of tried to get centered and grounded mm. um, and was really comfortable just, just laboring alone. Um, <clears throat> so at seven o'clock <clears throat> in the morning, I can't remember exactly if, I think I, I think I emailed my midwife, which I know my midwife was like, don't email me, call me. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't want to wake her up. I want her to be rested. Oh, like, I Very strategic. People. <laughs> you, have, you have a lot of strategies in place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. And I think she called me like immediately and was like, do you want me to come over there? And I was just like, no, like I'm good. Like I, and I thought for sure I would be like, I need you here. Like I, I pictured myself thinking that I would need her, but she's like, okay. She's like, well, just keep me posted. Um, so I thought, oh my gosh, I should probably start timing these contractions. So I like found some app on my phone um, through one of the pregnancy apps and started um, tracking them. And I could tell that things were progressing because eventually I just like couldn't track them. I'm like, this is like, <laughs> this is way too much for me to focus on right now. Um, and so, and it was right around the time that my husband woke up. I let him sleep. I think it was till like 10, 10 30, maybe 11 o'clock. Um, it's the timing is foggy. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyways, he, he woke up and I think he was kind of in shock because <laughs> I think he thought, you know, if I'm going, if I'm having contractions, I would wake him up. Yeah. Um, so he, I was already kind of like groaning and squatting and I needed like to focus through each surge. Mm. And um, he's like, oh my gosh, we got a call to Mina. And I was like, oh no, we've already, we already talked to her. It's fine. You know? <laughs> and he's like, oh no, like she needs to come over here. Like you're making grunting noises. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. And so he called her and um, she came over. I think, I think she got to the house by like 12 or 1230. Um, and it was really sweet. By that time, I really needed Yamil, my husband, um, with me um, by that point. And we kind of, I don't know if you've seen kind of an Ina Mae Gaskins stuff um, where she talks about like slow dancing mm. with your husband. Yeah. Um, and so we spent a lot of time just, I, I felt like we were slow dancing in the living room, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was so helpful. And I needed, I just needed to lean on him through mm -hmm. each contraction. Um, and so my midwife said that when she got there around 1230, she thought that I was maybe already like seven or eight centimeters dilated um, wow. just based on how I was presenting. Mm -hmm. um, and so she doesn't do cervical checks unless they're needed. Okay. So I don't think we did any cervical check at all. Um, but based on how I was presenting, she was, I think she was kind of surprised with how far along I had progressed. Um, so after she arrived, stuff kind of got pretty intense. Um, they set up the birth tub, which my 
my goal was to have a water birth. I, but I also went in with an open mind, realizing that you can't really plan, a, you know, what you're going to feel like. Yeah. Um, I really liked taking baths throughout my pregnancy, so I thought that um, that that would feel really good, and and I would get some relief from that. Um, surprisingly, I couldn't get grounded enough in the pool. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't think I was in there for very long, which really, really surprised me. Um, although my water did break while I was in there and I remember there being like a big pop and I remember being like, Oh my gosh, what was that? Uh. (laughs) And it was like, it's your water that's breaking. Um, so things, things were progressing. Um, that afternoon, um, actually when my husband woke up, he made me food. Um, so I had some energy kind of going in. Mm. Um, were you able to eat? You know, I didn't really want to, but I kind of forced myself Ah, because I knew that it was a marathon. And um, I think he made me like macaroni and cheese or something. Um, And I think I had a bowl of cereal and a piece of toast earlier that morning. Um, And we had stocked up on like coconut water and Gatorade. And I knew that I needed to get calories like through a lot of the the liquids that Mm -hmm. I was going to consume. So um, I drank a ton of water and a ton of coconut water and Gatorade. I didn't want to eat, but I, I kind of forced myself knowing that I needed, I needed some fuel. Yeah. Um, so then let's see after, after I got in the tub and my water broke, I, I, that didn't last long. I got out. Um, and I couldn't really, um, get comfortable. They had me in like, Oh my gosh, I'm not kidding you. Like every single different position. Um, and I, um, I was really surprised. It was, the middle of the day and I had pictured this like wonderful um cozy (laughs) like dark space um and I was really disappointed that the sun was out (laughs) and that it was bright (laughs) in our house (laughs) and I think that that was maybe part of it um like that I couldn't totally let go and and because I, I, I needed like a, a dark space. Mm. Um, so I recommend getting blackout curtains for anyone that <laughs> feels like they need that space. Um, so my midwife thinks that I hit transition like around like one or two o'clock and I was in transition for a good couple hours. Wow. Um, and I had a lot of moments where I was like, I don't think I can do this. Um, and, you know, am I doing this right? And is everything okay? And um I mean, they just, my, my two midwives and my husband that were there, they just kind of coached me through each contraction and were so encouraging. And they were like, trust your body. Mm-hmm. You got this. You're doing everything perfectly. Um, and so after I hit, or after I hit the transition stage, um, it's incredible. Like I, I could feel me going into this zone of wanting to push. Mm. Um, and it was kind of a slow process. And I remember at one of my prenatal appointments asking my midwife, are you going to tell me when to push? Because in the hospital, like that's how it kind of looks like. I mean, they kind of instruct you like, okay, now you have to push. Um, and she was like, well, yeah, but you're going to know, you know? And so I was really surprised by that. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I could tell the shift, like, wow, my body, my body does know. That's wow. That's cool. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, and so I started pushing and, um, they got me on the toilet and it was cute. My dog followed me around the whole, <laughs> the whole time. They have, pictures, they have pictures of my dog with me while I'm sitting on the toilet Aww. and he's like sitting, sitting right next to me, looking at me. That's awesome. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was really cool. And I actually I didn't think I wanted pictures, but um, the assistant that was with my midwife took a bunch of pictures, and I'm so glad that she did. That's great. Um, so it's been fun to yeah, it's been fun to look back at them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. It's. I mean we didn't want to pay to have a birth photographer and I'm glad we didn't do that, but at least we have some pictures of, of me in the house. Um, so anyways, when I hit the, the pushing phase, um, I kind of knew in my mind, like, okay, I'm there. Like, right. Like I'm, I'm going to push this baby out. Like this, this is going to happen. Like I, 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 I felt kind of encouraged by it. Um, but my, the pushing stage for me, it lasted almost like seven hours. <laughs> Mm. and it was it was a long long stage um and i got discouraged when it started getting dark outside i remember mm. thinking oh my gosh like what time is it it's dark out like this has been going on for a really really long time um and i remember asking my midwives like is everything okay and they just kept saying yep this is what it's like for first time moms you're this is what your body needs and um, Dakota's head just took a little bit longer to fit around my, my pubic bone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they had me in every single position. Um, and the thing was, was in between contractions, I thought that I was going to have somewhat of a break. Um, but his head was right there that there was so much pressure that when I wasn't having a contraction, I was really, really uncomfortable. Um. So I think that's, that's, that was the hardest part for me. I had an affirmation on my wall that said, you know, sleep, sleep or rest between contractions. And I'm like, no, that person lies yeah. <laughs> to me because <laughs> Rip that one off the wall. No, no. <laughs> there is no sleeping or resting between contractions. Uh-huh. Um, and it wasn't until my midwife said, Joy, you're not going to get a, any relief. Like until you have this baby, like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to rest. You're not going to be comfortable. The head is right there. Um, and I, I shared with you guys earlier that I really went in with the mindset of like, I'm going to surrender. Like, I got this. Like, I can totally do this. I trust my body. I'm just going to let my body do whatever it needs to do. And I did surrender. Um, but it was, I needed to actually lean into the discomfort. Like, I needed to be present and I needed to birth Dakota. <laughs> and surrendering for me was not enough. Mm. Um, I need, I needed to actually like embrace what was going on and, and, and lean into this discomfort and not try and get relief from it, like actually take it on. Um, and it wasn't until then that then I could get in a position, um, where I, I ended up pushing, pushing Dakota out. Um, and it was, it, it also surprised me. I was on my back, which I know, you know, most midwives will say, well, you know, you kind of need gravity, mm-hmm. <laughs> gravity helps, but I was on my back and that's the position I needed to be in. Right. Um, and so it was really, it was really sweet. Um, my, my husband wanted to catch Dakota um, and with the position that I was in and um, with my midwife's care, um, my husband was able to, to catch Dakota when he came out. That's so cool. Um, yeah, it was so cool. And we didn't know the sex of the baby. And so um, we had a, fe- yeah, we had a feeling that it was a boy. Um, and so I wanted my husband to announce it. And so he was able to announce that it, um, Dakota was a boy. Um, it was, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was the most empowering experience, I would say, of my entire life. Um, and I feel like, I felt like afterwards, I, I was just, like on top of the world. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe that I had birthed that baby. (laughs) Um, 
the other thing was when he came out, um, I had gained, I had gained, you know, a good amount of weight, but I didn't look super, super pregnant. And so everyone thought I was going to have a small baby, maybe like a six, seven pound baby. Um, and so my midwife was like, all right, you guys want to guess his weight? And he was eight pounds, four ounces. <laughs> so, yeah, so we were all really, really shocked by that. Um, so a healthy, healthy baby boy. Um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And our dog was right there. He jumped up on the couch. Oh I delivered him, on, delivered him on the couch and he jumped up right on the couch and was sitting right next to us. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was really special. Wow. That's beautiful. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, oh. yeah. And then you got to stay home, right? And just, yeah. just be there and be in that little bubble. Yeah. It was um, – the afterwards, the, I did have um, one setback. So because I – um, labored for so long, my midwives were, um, worried about risk of hemorrhaging and they wanted to be preventative. And so once I got close to delivering Dakota, they asked me, they said, you know, Joy, would you be okay with us giving you a shot of Pitocin? We want to make sure that, you know, everything's okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course. Um, and I will, I will say to that, like, you're so, um, impressionable. Um, is that, if that's a word, like you, Yeah, you um, are so easily influenced that, uh, you know, looking back, I mean, I don't regret that decision, but if they would have had an epidural there and they were like, Joy, it's probably, you should probably take an epidural, I probably would have taken one. Yeah, you're very vulnerable. Um, yeah, so vulnerable. Um, and so um, they asked me if they could give me the shot of Pitocin, and I said, of course. Um, and so after Dakota was born, they gave me the shot, and within like 10 minutes, I got a fever from it. Oh, shoot. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that can be like um, kind of a side effect of it, um, and and she said it'll go away, you know, within like five or six hours, and it did. Um, but it was it was a nasty fever, like I felt like I had the flu. Um, so I had gone through kind of this whole marathon, and then all of a sudden had this like crazy fever and was shaking and was cold, and yeah. um, so that piece of it, I didn't I didn't expect that because mm-hmm. I wish that I could have been more present after the birth. Right. Um, I was, I was exhausted and then I had the fever. So actually Dakota, I mean, we did skin to skin and, um, you know, we had a good couple hours before we got into bed, but Dakota actually slept on my husband on his chest all night that night because I needed to, I needed yeah, to rest. You need to rest up. Mom. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah I, I got a yeah. shot of Pitocin as well. Cause I was bleeding and needed it. Okay. Um, but I didn't, I didn't even know you could have that sort of experience from it. That's yeah. Me neither. insane. Yeah, I didn't either. I was, and I was kind of surprised. I'm like, why am I shaking? You know, like I'm freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, yeah, it can be, it can be kind of a side effect, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I mean, I didn't want to take the chance of hemorrhaging. So, I mean, it was, it, it ended up going away. I think it broke in the night. Um, and by morning time, I was, I was feeling much better. Mm-hmm. So, wow, you're, a, you're an amazing, amazing mom. To you experienced a, a long labor, yes. a long pushing, and just that strength and that that determination. And, and I like how you described the surrender. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily just trying to escape and just let me let me right. let me go to my happy place and not think about this. It was, uh, you know, yeah. what? I need to really lean in and dig in and embrace the sensations and birth this baby. I, I think that's really, really powerful how you put that. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely, that was definitely my experience. Um, cause I mastered surrendering. I could surrender, but it was like, Oh no, no, you need to go beyond surrendering. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of my, my, my lesson for that birth. Um, and, and I think that if I would have realized that earlier, maybe I could have, um, gotten through the pushing stage a little bit longer or a little bit shorter. Um, cause um, it wasn't until that I had like that shift in my mindset that I was like, wait, no, I need, I actually need to be present here. Um, that I, that I then was able to push him out. So one thing that yeah, was incredible. It yeah. Sounds absolutely incredible. <laughs> they, uh, you know love... so, I'm going to jump in real quick and let you go, Sarah, jump. but <laughs> I just think it's so cool. You know, obviously I won't be able to experience birth. And so I, watch and i see and i and i you know we talk to to moms like you joy and just the amount of self-understanding new things that you learn about yourself you you know you use the word you felt empowered afterwards Mm -hmm. i feel like you all discover these superpowers that you have that that are (laughs) that are within you and then you know in these moments you're like okay i need to i need to, to dig into this next gear and 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 just, it's so cool to me to hear all of the amazing, beautiful things that you all discover about yourselves going through birth. And uh, it's just really fun to hear about them and to, and to I don't know, like I, I get to see it firsthand with you, Sarah. And uh, I, I just never get tired of hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. I know it, it, it really, it changes kind of your view of, of your body, right? And kind of yeah. what we were born to do. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's life-changing for sure. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> 